You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of Ask Concussion Doc. Today, we're going to be discussing rest and physical activity after a concussion, uh, kind of an evolving topic and one that you know continues to kind of push more to the exercise side of things than the rest side of things. But I'm going to give you a little bit of background, tell you a little bit about the story, and tell you about kind of the new evidence that's coming out and where this currently sits as a treatment, intervention, advice situation for a concussion. Um, so the idea behind rest was came from a few things. Number one is that concussion creates a neurometabolic crisis, aka an energy deficit, a drop in ATP. The theory then is that anything that causes you to burn ATP is going to be potentially detrimental for the brain. So putting somebody into a dark room with no stimulation, with no exercise and completely shutting things down helps the patient to theoretically conserve energy, conserve ATP, therefore recover from neurometabolic crisis. So that's theory number one. Secondly, rest achieves uh, another objective which is preventing the person from getting a second concussion. So you have one concussion, we know that during that low metabolic state, that drop in ATP, you are more susceptible to getting another concussion and that second concussion can cause potentially fatal consequences, but if not that, a compounded effect where you have a more severe brain injury that develops as a result. So telling somebody to rest and avoid all activity and put them into this cocoon therapy achieves an objective of preventing any type of chance for a second impact to occur. And then number three, some early research in animals showed that animals that exercised in the very early stages after concussion had an increase in their, or sorry, a deregulation of brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is a healing modulator for brain and neurologic injury. And so preventing or down-regulating healing modulators after concussion is obviously a bad thing. Now this is preliminary work and that's kind of what set the stage for rest. And for the past, I don't know, up until about five years ago anyway, we were constantly telling patients that the only treatment for concussion was to rest. Do nothing, rest, rest, rest. When that doesn't work, just rest some more. Now, kudos to a group in Buffalo that started looking at the evidence around exercise and concussion. And they started with people with chronic symptoms. Patients are continuously being told to rest and now it's six months out, a year out, two years out, and they're still resting, they're off work and all this stuff, but they're still not getting better. So then they kind of flipped it and said, well, what if we tried to have them exercise? And so they started um, uh, what eventually developed into the Buffalo concussion treadmill test, as well as an exercise protocol that's done in a sub-symptom threshold manner, and they found that it was effective. After I think it was like 8 to 12 weeks of this protocol, patient they had like a 70% success rate with patients that were chronic. 
and this is you know a year two years out now all of a sudden having tremendous success getting back to kind of pre-injury activities with simply just doing exercise in a sub-symptom threshold manner now this is done in a very specific way so then from there they started looking well if it works on these patients what if we were to do it at let's say a month out after injury in patients that were still symptomatic and then that gradually worked its way down to the point where now we found that exercise is beneficial after as little as two weeks there's emerging evidence now, um, actually a study just out of the University of Toronto, found that patients exercising the day after injury had a greater outcome than patients who exercised two days out, and so on and so on and so on. The earlier time to exercise in this particular study found that patients were recovering faster. Now, the, the caveat to that is that this is self-selected exercise in a lot of these studies. And so patients that are gonna select to exercise the day after injury may not have as severe of an injury as those that choose not to exercise. And so you might just be getting that type of um, response to, to a, you know, kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where patient is getting better faster because they exercised more, but it could be another variable that wasn't taken into consideration, although they did do a fairly good job of controlling those other variables. There was also a study by Ann Gruel and Roger Zemek's group that found that exercise in the first week after injury was one of the most uh, predictive of having a, um, of not going on to have post-concussion syndrome. So exercise now has been kind of touted as being the right thing to do the question is we still don't know when to start it what's the best time to start it how long you should exercise for what the intensity is what type of exercise you should be doing how frequently you should be exercising so all of these kind of questions still remain unanswered going back to so now we have this kind of split where we used to tell people just to rest now we're kind of telling people to exercise, but we still don't know when is the right time to rest and when is the right time to exercise. So I'm going to break this down on a timeline for you, given what we do know currently. So we know that initially, right away, field side, athletes that get concussed and don't remove themselves from the game end up with a more prolonged recovery. We also know that um, animal studies have found that right immediately after injury, if the body temperature remains elevated, you have an increased release of glutamate and therefore more like a more serious injury due to that glutamate release, greater ATP deficits, potentially more oxidative damage if you continue to keep your body temperature elevated after the injury. So patients or players that stay in the game after concussion are actually setting themselves up to have a more serious injury and a more prolonged recovery. Not, 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 not to um, discount the fact that they may also be putting themselves at significant risk for another injury during that game, but just playing and not even putting like if there was no hit that happened after the initial injury just keeping their body temperature elevated and continuing to play has been found to have worse outcomes now I'm looking at a study right here from Elbin in 2016 the group that played longer during the game uh, took longer to recover than the group that was removed immediately after injury um, and the difference is 
44 days of recovery versus only 22 days if they were removed immediately. Um, they were 8.8 times more likely to demonstrate a prolonged recovery, meaning lasting longer than three weeks, if they continued to play in the game. 8.8 .8 times more likely to have a prolonged recovery if they stayed in the game versus if they came out. So exercise immediately after injury may actually be detrimental to your recovery. There's another study that was done 2018 uh, by Brett Naskin and immediate removal, this is the title of the study, immediate removal from activity after sport-related concussion is associated with shorter clinical recovery and less severe symptoms in collegiate student athletes. Uh, 322 participants, 63% were characterized as delayed uh, removal from activity and then the other, uh, how many we have, immediate removal from activity, uh, I can't find the number here. Anyway, immediate removal from activity had significantly less severe acute symptoms and were at lower risk of recovery taking greater than, than two weeks um, and also greater uh, less risk of recovery taking longer than 21 days. Immediate removal from activity is a protective factor associated with less severe acute symptoms and shorter recovery after sports related concussion. So immediately after concussion, you want to be rested and not doing any exercise um, and we don't know how long that lasts for, but we know that same day during the same athletic event, and I, it may have to do with body temperature, um, but I don't know. So after that though, there was a study that was done on just looking at rest and it was the first RCT that was done on rest. And this kind of set the tone and started this whole process around questioning rest. Now this is the Thomas study. So Thomas et al. in 2015, they had um, adolescent participants, so uh, 11 to 22 years old, were recruited within 24 hours of their concussion. So immediately after their concussion, they underwent all sorts of different tests and then they were randomized to either get one to two days of rest and then a gradual reintroduction of cognitive activity and physical activity. The other group was randomized to receive five days of strict, strict rest. So completely random groups. Um, and what they found was there was no clinically significant difference in the neurocognitive or balance outcomes of the two groups immediately at onset. However, the intervention group, meaning the group that got five days of strict rest, reported more daily post-concussive symptoms and slower symptom resolution. Conclusions recommending strict rest for adolescents immediately after concussion offered no added benefit over usual care. Adolescent symptom reporting was influenced by recommending strict rest. Patients that were told to rest for five days were actually worse off than patients that only rested for one or two. So this calls into question the whole idea behind rest. Another study from 2015 found that patients that listened to their doctor's advice about having strict rest did worse than patients that did not listen to their doctors and decided to go back to activity early. So this is another more evidence to show that rest is potentially detrimental. Now, there's other things that rest can do that are potentially causative of this, but we don't really know if they're causative or not. But resting or telling somebody to rest or telling them to avoid all activity and do this cocoon therapy, dark room therapy, 
medicalizes the condition. And what I mean by that is it creates potentially anxiety within the patient that they have something super serious, something that needs to be completely shut off their brain. And if they see a light, they might have, you know, they might get worse. Or if they look at a computer screen, then that's going to make them worse. And all of these things create what's called the nocebo effect. Okay. So the nocebo effect is the causation of sickness just based on the expectation of sickness. So even the media hype right now around concussion is probably creating a lot of nocebo effects where patients are having worse outcomes because they perceive the condition to be more serious than what it actually is. So telling somebody to rest and not do anything and not look at computer screens and not go to school and not use their brains medicalizes the condition where they believe, oh my God, I have something super, super serious and that creates the anxiety and all the other factors that may go along with it. Also, darkness can create depression. Social isolation creates depression. The symptoms of depression oftentimes link or are very similar to the symptoms of concussion. So again, the mental health aspect of concussion, we have to ask the question, is that due to concussion injuries or is that due to the, the way that we were treating them? Is that an iatrogenic effect? Meaning, is that come from the way that we were caring for these injuries, telling people to sit in the darkness, don't talk to anybody, don't go out, don't do anything, and completely socially isolating these patients to the point where they're depressed, they're anxious, and their symptoms are not going away because they're the symptoms of depression and anxiety that comes with it, okay? Next up, you have physical deconditioning that happens with rest. Concussion creates a, uh, changes and alterations in the blood flow to your brain, how your brain is able to shunt blood to different working areas, uh, how your brain vasculature is able to accommodate changes in blood pressure due to physical activity or anything else. If you are resting and doing nothing, rest alone affects your brain blood flow. So you have a concussion that affects brain blood flow. Then we're telling patients to rest, which is compounding the blood flow issues that they have. Now, this is one of the top theories behind exercise as a treatment for concussion is to improve the blood flow mechanisms that are impaired when a concussion injury occurs. So where are we at right now with the whole story? Rest immediately after injury to try and reduce the chance of second impact to try and reduce body temperature, um, to reduce glutamate release, and potentially the ATP deficit that occurs after injury, removing players from the game immediately. Day one, okay, maybe have some rest and what Berlin is calling as non-symptom provoking activity. So symptom limited activity, meaning you can do anything that doesn't provoke your symptoms to a significant degree. So typically what we tell pe people is to be active, go for walks, do household chores, do that type of stuff. We don't get them necessarily exercising or doing cardio on the first day after injury. Day two, same kind of thing. Start doing some light cognitive activity at home, doing homework assignments, that type of stuff on your own kind of terms. If your symptoms aren't being exacerbated to a significant degree, then you can start going back to school. But all through this now, we're telling people to do light physical activity like walking um, or even kind of lightly riding a stationary bike, nothing to get your heart rate up too significantly. 
If the symptoms are still there at the two week mark, actually I'm kind of more to the 10 day mark now, then you want to start in with actual pushing somebody to do exercise by doing the controlled buffalo concussion treadmill test as well as the, the sub-symptom threshold exercise protocol that goes along with it. Now if you're a patient, find a trained concussion practitioner. I'm not talking like a vestibular therapist or anything. I'm talking about a concussion trained practitioner that can put you through the treadmill test and give you the right guidance on the, on the protocols to do. Um, and it's quite effective. Now the way the research is going, so I said 10 days we're putting people on treadmills whether they like it or not and starting them into physical activity in a sub-symptom threshold manner. But this new evidence that's coming out from Toronto showing that you know day one is effective and some other research showing that the first seven days is effective is gonna push my 10-day timeline and our 10-day timeline probably you know down to be earlier and earlier and earlier. I don't think we have enough evidence yet to say we're going to put people on treadmill on day one, but I think we're getting to the point where we're going to we're going to get closer and closer to that day one mark where you know exercise is done you know the next day after injury, but we're not quite there yet. So to summarize that, immediately after injury, pull the player off the field and have them rest for the duration of the day. Day day one after injury, light walks, light household chores. Don't get the heart rate up too much, but do some sort of activity. Don't just lay around all day. And day three, starting with light cognitive activity, start pushing yourself a little bit by doing some homework, some light reading, working from home, that type of thing. Day three, start in with half days of work or school um, and just kind of pay attention to your symptoms and try to avoid anything that really exacerbates your symptoms. If you have a headache and you go to work and you still have the same headache and it doesn't increase, well then that's okay. You're looking for symptom exacerbation. Is what I'm doing making me worse? That's it for rest and physical activity following concussion. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram. See you next time.